Let's go. I'm going to assume that the person who is listening to this podcast right now has finished some degree of study. Perhaps you've left school or you've left junior high school. Wherever you are at the moment, you've seen other people compete in a similar setting, particularly in terms of education and other aspects. Now, while going through this process, I bet you notice that there are those who are naturally quite bright and quite smart and those who are not necessarily the smartest people. And this translates to other areas such as sports. There are the athletes and then there are those who are just simply unathletic, be it that they have a VO2 max that is just terrible and whatever they do just doesn't improve or maybe they have these slow twitch muscle fibers that don't translate to success in the majority of sports today. Now, if you like me have been studying self-help, psychology, all these sort of personal growth materials for decades, then you'll notice decade to decade, there's a preference saying environment determines this, genetics determine that, and it sometimes goes back and forth favoring one over the other. We all know that there is deeply a connection between both environment and genetics. And what's more and more evident is that the personal intention is taking a bigger and bigger role than we thought was ever possible. And that's what this episode will be all about. So back to our example that there are two types of people, those that are really great at academics or sports and those who just naturally aren't. And again, there are physiological factors as described. But beyond that, there are two types of people who regardless of whether they're incredibly successful at academics or sports, have the mindset that where they are is where they are or where they are is malleable. And this is the difference that makes all the difference because this overcomes the big inequality that we have today. It not only is the great equalizer, but it optimizes your current gifts that you have. For a case in point, if you know my story from one of my past podcast episodes, at school, I wasn't particularly bright. Perhaps I was lower middle in academics. And in terms of sports, I was that guy with the slow twitch muscles and the low VO2 max output. Written off by countless teachers over many years, it became apparent that if you asked anybody about the outcome of my situation, I was probably not going to be very successful. But fast forward, and today I am probably the most educated person in the entire class, teaching at universities, holding multiple appointments and positions, and not only that, but overcoming all the obstacles that were in my way in terms of athleticism. The genetic limitations of slow twitch muscles and only having a slightly above VO2 max despite training just as hard and just as long as top level martial arts fighters who have this incredible VO2 max. So I'm aware of these genetic limitations, but I have not accepted any of these things as being static. And this has taken me from being the slowest and weakest kid into being somebody who is the state martial arts champion and third place in the nationals. And when I get asked to perform martial arts demonstrations for community festivals or parties, people come up to me at the end and they congratulate me and just say that, wow, I've never seen anybody move that fast before. And there are two secrets that changed absolutely everything for me. The first is the great paradigm shift, that things are not fixed, they're not static. 
that where you start is not where you end up. If you are not academically inclined, that is not your lot in life. And same for sports. Now, I won't lie and say that anything is possible. If you get somebody who has amazing VO2 max and naturally fast twitch muscle fibers who has been a couch potato for years, give them 12 months of intense athletic training, they'll probably beat me in a sprint. But that brings me to the second point. And the second point is that by focused training, by doing something specific and frequently, by making it a habit and a routine, it changes your mind. First, you have to be open to the possibility and say that things are not fixed. And secondly, you have to have a plan and stick with the plan. And for me, by sticking with the plan, I'm going to use martial arts as an analogy because it just fits so well for this. But by focusing on martial arts for decades, suddenly, although I've got the slow twitch muscles, I've got these myelin pathways in my brain that have just been formed over years and years of focused training. And suddenly, I become the one that has a reputation for being the speediest guy out there. How does that figure? Again, it's just the way the brain works. By making those focus changes, by making it a habit, and by making it stick, over time, the brain forms new pathways. And once you have these new pathways, the mental processes just speed up. Some people say up to 10 times what they originally were able to do. Now let's go back to the example of academics. Is the person that is the smartest in your class, is that person 10 times smarter than you? If not, then you've got hope. Is the person who is an athlete, are they 10 times more athletic than you? Chances are they're not, which means that you have a crazy amount of untapped potential right between your ears. That brain holds all the answers to all of your problems, but we all underutilize it. So step one, if you haven't yet, throw away those preconceived notions that you are limited by your environment, by your genetics, by whatever station in life that you are at the moment. And then step two, see other people who have actually come from the bottom to the top in terms of multiple disciplines. Don't listen to the person who says, if I could do it, then anyone could do it. And they were born with every single gift. The fact is that some of us are not that lucky. Many of us are born in poverty. There's a lot of talk about inequality, but face it, even if race relations never became a problem and were completely solved, there would still be inequality. Nobody is born with all the same abilities, all the same stations in life. It's just a fact of life, but we're all born with the ability to optimize our current station. So once you have this realization that anything is possible, and then you make up your mind that you're not going to be bound by these things, then all you need to do is have a plan, but just make sure that it's your plan. Make sure you're not chasing somebody else's dreams or something that you should be doing. Make sure it's something that you need to be doing for yourself, that you really desire, something that you really get excited about. If it's something like, well, I want to have a stable job and to make some money, that's something that is super important, but make it interesting. Make it something that is special and particular for you. And then in the process of breaking it up into smaller and smaller steps in order to achieve it, in order to eat that whole elephant, 
develop routines and habits that will take you to that place. So find out the thing that you should be doing or the thing that you don't want to do anymore. And then just make it so that it's really obvious in front of you that the thing that you should be doing is right there and the thing that you shouldn't be doing is really hard to get to. So if you're listening to this and you are me, the worst athlete known to man, and you're motivated to take massive action, then you can say, hey, I need to get myself together. And so you say, I'm going to get into martial arts, the gym, whatever it is, and make it so that, say, if you're watching TV all the time, that there is no TV in your house. And that if you go to a gym, for example, you've got your gym bag that's packed and right on the table every single day. So it's just absolutely obvious that that is your next step of what you have to do. The next part is to make whatever it is that you want to do really seem interesting, really attractive, something that's beneficial for you. Whereas looking at the things that you don't want to do as being ugly, disgusting, and unattractive. And the good thing about this is you can focus on that during the day when it's not time to go out to the gym. When you're at work, for example, and you're thinking about going to the gym at the end of the day, then you can think, wow, that'll be so good. I'll get out of work. I'll get all the stress out. I'll get to look fit. I'll be fit and things will be much better. And you contrast that to going home, sitting on the couch, getting fatter, being more depressed, and you start to see how the attractiveness of going to the gym overrides the other option. And then comes the actual action. In order to make the action, you have to make it easy. And like I said, have that gym bag ready. Have it so that the gym is on the way home from work. Whatever it is, make it so that it's really easy to do it. And again, make the alternative extremely hard. Like I said, if you're super amped up, get rid of the TV. Whatever it is, make sure that you make it easy to follow through and hard to fail. And finally, make sure that there is a reward at the end of it. Now, all positive things have a built-in long-term reward. So part of it is to focus on that. But the other part, because we're all designed in a way where we want immediate gratification, we should align some short-term outcomes. Now, personally, I believe there are very, very few things that are inherently bad on their own. Things like TV, computer games, junk food, all of that sort of stuff is really good. Tastes good, it feels good, all that other stuff. But if you do too much of it, it's going to have a terrible effect on you. So as part of a healthy work-life balance, you could use these things that in excess being bad for you, you could use them as rewards in small quantities. You could say that if I do everything that I wanted to do, then at the end of the day, I'll allow myself to watch that TV show. And then not only will you be motivated to do it, but when you watch that TV show, suddenly TV will be interesting, not something just to pass time. And then we have the time compounding effect, which has been what a huge portion of my life has been about. By aligning all of these things up in the right way, over time, you can see massive changes until you just can't recognize how far you've come from. The way to really bring this home is to look at all the changes that you get long-term from doing all the bad things or by not pursuing what's good for you. Think about it. If you decided, no, gym is too hard, I'm going to come home, just relax, watch TV, eat junk food, you can see the compound effect of that. Five or 10 years, we have obesity. 
If you, in the other hand, do five, 10 years of doing gym after work, suddenly you've got the build that you want. Physically, you're healthy. Your fitness is right up there. And then if you've compounded it by doing smart moves like making it a martial art, then you've got a skill set that makes you happy, that is impressive, and also is great for protecting you and loved ones. Whatever it is for you, it all starts with the question, could you be open-minded to the fact that the way you are, both physically, genetically, environmentally, is that all predetermined? Or do you have free will in order to change and affect change in your life? If you can affirm this, then all you need is that plan, that routine, that habit, and that long-term follow-through. And then the compounding effect will take over and you will get extreme results. This is probably the best thing that I've seen in terms of people changing their lives. Not a tip about, oh, just be happy or be confident or some hack about body language. All of these things may be useful, but you need that long-term plan to affect long-term change in your life. The whole free will thing is so important to me because if you are not congruent in actually acknowledging that you have free will and then utilizing it, then your life will be lived for you. And then one day when it's over, you'll just be full of regret because there were so many opportunities for you to take advantage of. I'm so passionate about this that I made an entire other podcast if you're not aware. Also, I'm not sure if it's for you as a listener of personal growth, but I've been involved with a YouTube channel called NPC Apologetics, which has funny debates and dialogues between Christians and atheists undergirded by some strong apologetics and and philosophy. Most people love it just because it's really entertaining and super short, like literally one or two minutes per episode. So if you're into that, check it out. Otherwise, I'll see you on the next episode. Game over.